And I considered it because, I mean, it was the only thing out there at the time. I don't think many people were making podcasts or doing videos yet. So that was the thing I cling to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the gentleman who's been doing that, he's been doing it for a very long time. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, or to tell your story, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Aldo B. Martin. So, Dr. Mel, oh, first of all, First of all, I want to welcome everybody back. And today we have a uh, cousin Eddie is not with us. He's on assignment. And by assignment, we mean he's outside. No, I'm kidding. He's not here with us. But in his stead, we have the wonderful Dr. Melton from season one. Hello, Dr. Melton. Hey. All right. Good to be back. Good to have you back. So Dr. Melton and I, we left the church back in the day around the same time. I left mm-hmm. 2004. You left what? 2006, maybe seven? Yep. Five, 2005, 2006. Something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And initially, when we began this podcast, I really thought that this podcast was going to reach the ears of former members, right? That was the intended audience, is the intended audience. I was under the impression that the former members would be people that are excuse me, my age, Dr. Melton's age, and up. Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be people who left the church in the 1980s, the 1990s, and the early 2000s. That's who I thought this would reach. I had no idea, no idea that it would actually meet another generation, people that are younger than me. Mm -hmm. I thought, how could that possibly be? So today we meet Trisha, and Trisha was converted into the International Church of Christ in 2017, and then she left in 2019. And she reached out to us with, what's the word I want to use? I want to use the word disbelief, because according to her, and uh, Trisha, please correct me if I'm wrong, according to her, she heard our program. And her question was, why is this guy telling my story? How does he know the details of my experience from the 1990s? And here she is in 2022 listening to this thing. Trisha, how are you today? I'm doing good. What are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great and glad to be here. Now, Trisha, you were baptized in 2017. Right. And when we spoke, you mentioned that the members called you low-bearing fruit. They call me low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit. Excuse me. Ooh, what yeah. What? and how does that mean? <laughs> so low-hanging fruit for us meant you were, I don't know how, what's the words they would use? It just You were just open. You didn't reject anything. You didn't decline anything. You were just ready to receive anything they were telling you. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the terminologies they would say other than low-hanging fruit, but that's about it. I was just ready. Like, 
ready to be baptized, ready to study the Bible, ready to become a sister in the church, just ready. Dr. Melton? When did you learn that you were low-hanging fruit? Was that something they told you up front? That's what they told me after I got baptized. Uh-huh. And when you heard that, what what did you think? <laughs> to say, okay, I guess. A part of me was like, well, I, I guess that's what, the way you could say it. I was more eager and just wanting to study the Bible. And to me, mm-hmm. it was all about God. It wasn't about being low-hanging fruit for a, a church. It was just, mm-hmm. I want to receive everything that's in the Bible. I want to hear, I want to read, I want to hear the sermons. And so to me, I'm just like, okay, if that's how y'all call it, if that's what y'all call it, then sure, I was low-hanging fruit. So, so, so you're, you're under the assumption that it's low hanging fruit for God, but they meant low hanging fruit for the church. Am I oversimplifying? No, no, that's exactly what they meant. <laughs> I don't think I took it as an insult until after I left. Like, mm. oh, that's what y'all were saying. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was low hanging fruit for the for the church. I wasn't yeah. low hanging fruit for God. Okay, yeah. Okay, so you mentioned when we were when we spoke before. You you also mentioned that you did not think that you were experiencing a cult environment, right? When no, you were not in, at when all. you when you were in the church and you were wait, hold up, you, let me backtrack a little bit. You got baptized two thousand seventeen and you left two thousand nineteen. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So so during that time, you mentioned that you did not think you were experiencing a cult environment. Can can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So when I first joined, I thought it was just a local church. And I thought that they just had a group of young people that were really into the Bible, really into studying the Bible. It was something I hadn't seen before because I had been in other churches and the young people were either my grandma said this or I'm not really into church like that, but I'm here in obligation to or in honor of somebody. And so meeting People my age or a little bit older, a little bit younger, who were all very versed in the Bible. It was what I wanted. Like I was I wanted that relationship with God. So I wanted to be like them almost. When Um, you when you got converted, how old were you? I was 23. (laughs) 2017, I was 23. And this was a uh, part of the campus ministry. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that was my, that was my senior year mm-hmm. of college. So it would have been my spring semester when I oh, got reached out to. Oh man, Dr. Melton, a little separate from you. You got reached out to as a freshman. As a freshman. First you, semester. Yeah. You coming in yeah. and she's, and she's on the way out, right? She's on yeah. the way out. Y- yeah. y- you know, uh, Trisha, we did not mention, and I don't know if you feel comfortable enough, but do you want to tell us where? where the church was that you were a part of? So the church is in Lexington, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I got reached out to on the University of Kentucky's campus. University of Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. I'm a Wildcat, but I'm not into the sports like that. <laughs> Yo, come on, you're supposed to hype it up a little bit with me. Come on now. <laughs> well, I'm gonna rep it for her then. No problem. No right. problem. Well, let me ask you. So it didn't seem like a cult. 
environment right. when you first got introduced and in, in, um, invited and studying the Bible. But I'm, I'm curious because this is 2017, right? Like this is after the Henry Crete letter came out and the church that we were part like imploded and all these different things were happening. And I remember when I was studying the Bible, like part of the Bible study was learning the history of the church, right? And how it started in Florida and then just like took over the world. I'm being facetious here a bit. But I'm wondering, did you, was that part of your Bible study? Did they include like the Henry Crete letter and the implosion and how now the real church has been grafted from? Because I heard that story before, but please tell us. No. So they were, (laughs) they were deceptive. They were very, let me put it this way. They were very strategic because everything was Lexington Church. Lexington campus something, Lexington Yo Pros. It wasn't, oh, we're part of the ICOC or we're part of, you know, some type of international organization. It was very much local. So I don't even think they mentioned the church name when I started studying the Bible. It was more of, hey, we're doing personal Bible studies to see where you're at with God. So, I mean, even when I first started the studies, I wasn't in the impression that I was joining the church at all. I thought I was just going through Bible studies. And so, no, I didn't learn about this being the ICOC until like three months after I was baptized. Mm. That's that's an interesting concept. So so they presented it to you as this local local entity. And and did not disclose that they were actually part of this larger conglomerate, so to speak. No. Dr. Melton, what'd you think of that? I I agree with you. I think that's strategic. Um, and of course, I can only see it like looking back, knowing what I know now, um, that perhaps there was some learning from the Henry Crete letter, the different ICOC branches, some were doing their own thing. Some kept the name, whatever this new name was that was started uh, by the leader who started the ICOC. Um, and there was also, I don't know if you, like what you recall in that moment of getting to know the church, getting to know the people in the church, if you heard whispers about it being a cult before or even hearing about the websites that were dedicated. What was that website? Revealed.org. First of all, 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 shout out to Revealed.org. I I have to say that because before there was a podcast, any podcasts, before there were any YouTube channels, before their internet was what it is today, there was Revealed.org. And that was a blog specifically dedicated to sounding the alarm on the International Church of Christ. And what I thought, not just International Church of Christ, but on groups that operate like this. And when I was a member, Revealed.org was 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 seen as something called spiritual pornography. Mm-hmm. And members were forbidden, forbidden from even looking at such. And we could not discuss that as members. Like, Dr. Melton, please tell me if I'm wrong. I could not approach you and say, hey, Dr. Melton. Well, back then it was, you know, we called it, we called it Michelle. But I could not say, I could not say, 
hey, did you see what did you see this on Reveal.org? We couldn't say that because I don't know if you were I don't know if you were going to tell on me or if I was going to tell on you. Exactly, exactly. Now I went and I looked, right? And I would read what they were saying and some of the posts about how to talk to members in the church uh, and not like challenge their beliefs or whatnot. Like they had like a, a, a way of trying to let family members or people that uh, really cared about the individual in the, the church structure, like how to not get them, you know, defensive. And I remember looking at reveal.org and just feeling a lot of anxiety, like, wow, this there's really a group out here and never talking to anyone about it, but still carrying some of that angst of like, well, some of the stuff they say kind of makes sense. You know, Trisha, I was, I was looking at your face. Some of that resonated with you. What, what's going through your mind as we we're discussing the, the predecessor yeah. to all this. Yeah. Reveal.org is still alive and active because that's the first thing I saw <laughs> when I was thinking about leaving. That's one of the first sites I saw. Um, and I considered it because, I mean, it was the only thing out there at the time. I don't think many people were making podcasts or doing videos yet. So that was the thing I cling to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the gentleman who's been doing that, he's been doing it for a very long time. For a very mm-hmm. long time. I mean, when I had black hair still, this is this how, far back, <laughs> this how far back we're going. All right. Well, so, I mean, but if I could just this, this one point. So, Trisha, one of the things that is so surprising to me is that, like, it's still happening. Like what Aldo was saying earlier, like to hear your story is the same. To hear that there were some tweaks in it to keep it going, it's it's surprising, and a little not a little like there's a heaviness that I feel around it, as well. Like man, just man. So that's what I think about like the method, like it was just the Lexington church. I think it was strategic. And then once you're in, then you can then hear all of the history, perhaps um, the best term I can think of is like whitewashed a bit, right? Sanitized a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a perfect word for it. That's, that's actually... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the sanitized version that was you know what you know what shout out to you for that during this pandemic the the because the sanitized version of something just just resonates more in 2022 <laughs> you know because listen man listen let's make no mistake man remember remember two years ago you couldn't find clorox wipes i'm, I'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop i'm sorry okay. the, sa- the sanitized version go on trisha i'm sorry <laughs> but that but that is right. I think that's the perfect word to describe it because they never gave us a rundown on church history. It's like either you heard it word of mouth or you heard little bits and you piece it together. I think they would mention the Henry Crete letter, but they wouldn't go into detail about it. So it, it was a controlled narrative. So I don't think a lot of us walked into that church specifically knowing any of the history. So we may hear like, you know, the Henry Crete letter came out and it divided all of us, but we changed. We're different now. Uh, but they wouldn't go into detail about how they're different. So you just, just up to what they tell you. Staying on that, staying on that. You mentioned that they told you that they changed since the Henry Crete letter and things were modified or tweaked or whatever. One of the things you 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 expressed to me was that 
<clears throat> excuse me. You mentioned that the church changed your behavior toward your loved ones. Yeah. Can yeah. you can you expound on that a little bit? How how so? It, it was a after one year, you shouldn't be talking to your loved ones. You shouldn't have any friends outside of the church where your family. Pretty much, they wouldn't. I mean, they would say it in sermons, even like it. It would be the well, you know, if you visit your mom, you know, let us know how things are. We'll have someone text you and reach out to you, or um, or you had to get advice to go out of town. Or you had to get advice to go somewhere. And I mean, I think it was talked about before where it's uh, the funerals, like you can't go to funerals <laughs> or you can't go to anything outside of church events or, well, you know, you have to serve here. Well, we need you here. Or it was always something like if you weren't buying it, then you had to do something or you were becoming busy or you need to be on a study or it was always something. But there was a you can't do this and then let's intentionally isolate you so that you can't do it. And this is 2017, 18 and 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, Dr. Melton, you said that there's a heaviness to it. And um, I'm, I'm going to add to it. And this word is not as, you know, it, it's not a big word, but it's it's disappointing. It's it's disappointing. You know, it's like. Huh. All right. Let's uh, let's 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 move forward. Let's let's move forward. So, Trisha, you also mentioned that you were being judged for being human, and how <laughs> and and how that took a toll on how you viewed yourself, right? Well, I just started laughing. Yeah, you like it's the weirdest thing. You get judged for being tired. Like if if I and I'll be observably like, oh, she's tired. And they'll say, why are you so tired? You should be fired up. You're here with us. You're here with your sisters and your brothers. <laughs> fired like, up. Or it would be, oh, you need tired. You need to rest this or something like that. But but there's no rest because if you went to do that, where have you been? We've been, you know, you have to be with the body. <laughs> it's like, um, Y'all, you're contradicting yourselves, but also I'm too tired for this. <laughs> like, okay, whatever. Just correct me. Let's enjoy this midweek, maybe. Do- Dr. Belton, I-, I feel like I'm in a time machine. Yeah. Uh, we are, we are yeah. back. We're back in 2000. Wow. We're back in 2000. <laughs> and I, I want to let that marinate for... The listeners out there who 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 were who were around back in the day, like let that marinate. That what this young lady just said was the exact same thing we experienced back then. Yeah. L- let that resonate for two seconds. What, what what were some other ways that you were judged for being human? It how what you wore. Hey. Didn't know what you wore. It was the brothers are struggling. Like can't no too no any V neck is too much cleavage. Your your leggings are too tight. You need to cover yourself up. They'll but they used to just touch you like fix your shirt or fix your hair or here put this jacket on or it was it's it's really weird. But they would pick on specific people though to do it. Like one sister could do it versus another sister couldn't do it. But it was always in the gaze of the brothers are going to struggle. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so now that heaviness is turning a bit into some fire and a bit yeah. of anger. Um, I made reference to this uh, purity culture. And purity culture wasn't necessarily just within this group, but this idea that a woman is responsible for maintaining the sainthood of a man. It enrages me. And to then, like, what also enrages me is I think back to I was one of those people. The one that was like, hey, you need to go talk to that sister. She shouldn't be having conversations with brothers. Like she shouldn't be talking with them or having a friendship with them. She should only talk with them on the phone if it's about church business. I had to go have those conversations. And so to hear you say that, like just my own collusion, right, in maintaining this misogynistic, damaging way of allowing a woman to be just a woman and not this sexualized object. I'm sorry for it. I'm I'm truly deeply sorry that you had that experience. I didn't understand all that back then. You know? I didn't I didn't I didn't see it from the women's point of view where the women had it pretty tough because aside from this purity culture thing that you're talking about, Dr. Melton, there was also this heavy emphasis on the word submission for women. And and submission looked like like any like all right, first of all, if the brothers asked you out on dates, you had to say yes. I see you nodding your head emphatically. Is that the same? Absolutely. If you said no, you want to talk about correction. It, and it would be in the most manipulative way. And they would specifically pick one of the most nice, mean people to tell you, well, you know, that brother was really discouraged because you didn't say yes to his encouragement date. And, you know, that's just not very sisterly. Like, it, it was a very, like, I'm a smile, but I'm going to tell you, you need to say yes. And you may hear somewhere in the distance or somewhere like you can't say no to the brothers you better go on that date but it wouldn't be like everybody it'd be somebody who you like oh that's just them being what are they, they used to call each other like radical or oh he just, he just <laughs> <laughs> oh stop come on man you can't oh, be throwing the buzzwords like that right, you you right. just triggered the both of us at the same time right. did you see okay audience <laughs> oh, audience man. this young lady just said radical and we're obviously on a Zoom call, obviously. And Dr. Melton and I, like, at the same time, we backed away from the screen like, no, she didn't. <laughs> Tr- Trisha, Trisha, you are here as a witness. Can you tell the yeah. people I'm not lying? It was like a jerk back, like, oh, no. <laughs> Seriously. Hmm. No, that was, you see, because... It was tough. It had to be tough for the women. You were in a situation where you had to say yes, because quite frankly, as we're learning about more of the church and more of its members and having these discussions, not everybody had the best of intentions. And there was no way, there was no way for a woman to safeguard herself from that. You know, I I mean, I don't, I don't know of many stories where, you know, things went awry, but it doesn't matter. Like the potential was there. 
You know, the ingredients were there. And and an accident doesn't is if somebody drives reckless, right? And they've never been in an accident, they've never had a ticket, that doesn't mean that they weren't reckless. They were still reckless. It just meant it just meant that they weren't caught. Mm-hmm. Right? So so it, it's not a danger. It, it's it's a danger. Even if nothing happens, it's a danger. Oh man. Uh, Trisha, I'm, I'm sorry you, you, you experienced that. And, and, and I'm very grateful for you, uh, uh, speaking with us on that. Um, you, you also mentioned that you noticed the red flags as soon as you got baptized. Next time on The Reclamation. Yeah, like I felt like I was being restricted. Like I wasn't able to live life. And I don't know how to, I don't know how, I don't know how I came to that conclusion because at the time I didn't know that I was joining that church.